Hello, friends. It's Christina over here. Uh, welcome to to all the rom coms we've loved before. Sarah isn't with me right now, but that's because I am issuing a disclaimer. So, during our recording of The Princess Bride, which is this episode, uh, we experienced quite a few technical difficulties. Unclear why, but basically what happened is this recording sounds very echoey. It starts out okay, and as the recording goes on, the echoes become more and more prominent, so we truly apologize. This is one of our favorite movies, and we are really sorry that this episode is now marred by technological echoes. It's very rude. So anyway, we hope you enjoy the episode. I understand if you don't get all the way through it, but I listened to the whole thing, and I made it. But also... I do apologize because at some point during our recording, honestly, it sounded like a demon took over Sarah's microphone. It was very scary. So that is why there is an abrupt cutoff at the end. Uh, if you make it all, all the way to the end, honestly, thank you. So I'm just going to go ahead right now and give you all of our info if you would like to get in touch with us. We'd absolutely love it. And we also could use some tips and tricks. So... You can find us on Instagram at at romcoms we've loved. You can also find us on Twitter at at to all the romcoms. Or you can email us if you've got longer thoughts, which, you know, we need that too. So our email is we've loved at gmail.com. Anyway, thank you for listening. We love all of you guys and we really appreciate the support. So thanks for listening to this episode. Despite the audio, we are currently trying to find an audio engineer slash some better way of recording because we're struggling, obviously. But anyway, we're going to keep putting out content. I hope you guys are enjoying your spooky, spooky season. Um, All right. So without further ado, uh, welcome to the episode and cue the music. Mandy, man, how do you say Mandy Patinkin? Mandy, Mandy Patinkin, Mandy, 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 come out for dinner. Mandy. We're having spaghetti. We're having stromboli. We're having Mandy. some stromboli, and don't forget to pick up the milk on the way home. Mandy, stop by the butchers, Mandy. Mandy, <laughs> I don't even know what's happening anymore. Haji is literally like Magic Mike. Who do you think Haji was in a past life? Haji Magic and Hugo Mike. Montoya. <laughs> I don't think Haji has like an ounce of revenge in him. Okay. I think he has a lot of Libra energy. He does because he's just, he's beautiful. He's really outgoing. He's almost Is a Leo. He? <laughs> yeah. For a cat. Is he outgoing? For a cat? I would, I think, feel like it took him a little while to warm up to me. Like, if he were a Leo slash Libra, he'd Most be... Most cats, like, run would, away from he people, He would, like, though. walk out and be like... True. Like, my old cat was. Okay, well, maybe he's more like a, um... Like a... Like a Pokemon. I don't know. I feel like he's a Gemini. Once he gets to know you, he's chatty as hell. <laughs> you know? These days, we are all up in each other's faces. I love it. He's actually a Cancer, believe it or not. I do believe that. Yeah? Yeah, because he's so loving and open about his feelings. He's an emotional man. 
He is an emotional man. I mean, with his his stupid paw, you know? Yeah, I know. You know who else is an emotional man? Wesley from The Princess Bride. Convinced he's a cancer. Although I wonder now, after watching this back again and seeing, like, how he changes over those five years, would Mm -hmm. a cancer become a pirate? Unclear. For his love. That, That you might have a point there. But maybe he's a Libra. Dramatic? Very dramatic. Mm, but Libras are I think Inigo Montoya is a Libra. Um, committed, I feel like. That's true. We're flighty. Exactly. <laughs> We're flighty bastards. He has a lot of loyalty. That's true. So maybe I think he's... it could be Cancer. Cancers yeah. are pretty loyal. Cancers are intense. Exactly. But maybe, I'm thinking maybe he's a Taurus. Ooh. He's a soft boy with a hard boy shell. Yeah, but he doesn't like comfort as much as other people. He's more adventurous. Or other Tauruses. But do we think a cancer is an adventurous sign? No. Maybe he's just like a... Maybe he's got a Sag moon. Who? Like me. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Emotional boy. Sag moon. Adventure. Drama. Yeah. Fire. Ooh. I don't know. All feeling that on the inside? Mm-hmm. Mm. Or maybe he's a cancer moon, Sagittarius rising. I... No, he's not a Sagittarius rising. He's a Pisces rising. He is a Pisces rising. <laughs> As you wish. Yeah. So emotional. And then also has this weird passive aggressive introduction after not seeing the love of his life for five years. That is so Pisces. That's what I'm saying. I hate that about him. That's a Pisces man if I've ever seen one. <laughs> Apologies. Uh, to apologies all the Pisces, to Pisces men. <laughs> I know too. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Um, yeah, they but will like, both probably listen to this, so who cares? Lol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week we watched The Princess Bride, wow. directed by. Let me say it. Sorry, that's our thing. I know. Usually, you say the name. Yeah, you go. This mo- week we watched, and I go The Princess Bride. Okay, here we go. Let's try that again. Okay. Hello, dear <laughs> listeners. <laughs> And welcome to To, to All, all the, the Rom Coms We've, we've loved, loved Before. I'm Sarah Kelly. And I'm Christina Archer. And this week we're watching The Princess Bride. Ooh, ooh, That's ooh. right. You heard it. We're talking Rob Reiner. We're, we're talking, talking Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking, I can't remember her name. Robin Wright. Thank you. We're talking uh, Wesley. <laughs> Wesley. See, this is one movie where I actually know their names and I don't know. I know their character names. Carrie Elwes. Elwes? Ellis? Elwes? Elwes? I don't know. Elwes, if Unclear. you will. Unclear. Elwes? 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 I don't know how it's pronounced. Knowledge. He's <laughs> what brings us together. Andre the Giant. Today. <laughs> and I'm- Mandy Patinkin. Who is the first Gideon in the first three seasons of Criminal Minds? Which is very confusing, and that fact blew my mind tonight. Right? Shaped my entire viewing of this movie. I okay. cannot believe I didn't know this. Yeah, dear listeners, how how tall do you think Mandy Patinkin is? Yeah, we we really think that he must have paid someone to change it online, because online it says that he's 5'11", but we really both think he's like 5'6". He has to be. Like, There's, he just he looks so He shrunk over the years, at least. Definitely. He's, he's least a baby. Age. He's he looks like a baby. Yeah, he's he's almost he's Lil. pathetic. Much like Lil Sebastian. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a, the miniature pony of Italian men. <laughs> pretending yep. to be Spaniards. Pretty much. He's Mediterranean of some sort. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, really? his name is Mandy Patinkin. But look at, okay, but like look at present day, how much ear hair he has. He has to be Mediterranean. <laughs> that is a really good fact. And I believe you and support you. Thank you. I've seen a lot of Greek people. <laughs> yeah. I used to live next to a Greek church. Orthodox. Or... Orthodox, yeah. <laughs> like a Greek Orthodox church. It was all just old Greek men who wore a lot of gold jewelry and had a lot of ear hair. I so, love that about Greek men. Uh, you know, eating their Greek food and speaking their... Greek or whatever. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever they do. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mandy Patinkin. I think he's Mediterranean. I don't know, but... And I also think he's 5'2". I also <laughs> I also think it's slightly odd that he portrays a Spaniard and is referred to by another character as, quote, the dark one. I think it's because this has to take... Like, I think the, the Princess Bride takes place in, like, the 13th century. It's, like, century. medieval. Yeah. But still, he's not even dark. He just has dark hair. Like, Andre the Giant is darker than him. Well, you know what? In his defense, maybe he's not being racist. Maybe he meant to say the dark-haired one, but he couldn't get it out because he was trying to fight someone with swords. Also possible. (laughs) You also have to remember, there were eight-foot eels that had teeth in this movie. Yeah, in this movie, like, a lot of the facts just don't track. Like, fire bursting up out of the ground in a swamp doesn't track. The fire swamp? Is that what fire name? I mean, I, if I saw a swamp and there was fire exploding out of it, that's the first name I would think of. Fire swamp. It's easy and it's recognizable. Yeah. It, you know, people <laughs> won't confuse it with other swamps. It's explanatory. Fire they swamp. won't confuse it with Shrek swamp. No, certainly or, not. Or some tour, si- Floridian swamp. Hey, that's all I can think of. When I think of swamp, I think of Florida. Yeah, same. And swamp ass. <laughs> you know something probably Nico montoya has definitely in those pants they don't look like they give up any moisture oh those boots there's no wicking absolutely not that looks like just a lot of irritation it's weird leather there's a lot of leather yeah and you know it's not pleather either because like they didn't have pleather then absolutely in this not. mystical world <laughs> Not in, not in, what is this? Flor, Florin? Florin? No, Florin's Gildenstern? Nope, that's Rosencrantz and Gildenstern. That's a play. That's not the same. Um, <laughs> it's like Gildern and Florin. Yeah, something Gildern? like that. There's two places. I yeah. don't know, either way, doesn't track. Do we want to do an official synopsis and a retelling, or do we want to both do the retelling? What do you want to do? Don't know, don't care. Um, let's do an official and a retelling. I could do the the, the remembering the yep, whole movie. You do the remembering because I haven't seen this movie in ten years. Yeah, so. it's been a while since I've seen it too, but not that long. It's been a long time. Okay, you go ahead and do that, and I'll get an official one. All right, here we go, boys and girls and non-binary friends. Um, The Princess Bride, directed by Rob Reiner. It came out sometime in the eighties, maybe the nineties. I'm not sure. I don't know either. A little boy is sick. He stays home from school one day. His grandfather comes over. His grandfather cons him into reading. Oh, that's right. We're conning nineties kids into reading instead of playing video games now. Um, Mm -hmm. There you start to reading. Nineteen eighty-seven. That's actually exactly what I would imagine. I thought it was going to be a little bit later than that. To be honest, like the nineties, yeah, but. Anyways, so this little boy, they're reading The Princess Bride. Here we go. Rewind. Medieval times. Okay. 
Buttercup. She lives on a farm. She's a commoner. Guess what? She has a farm boy. His name is Wesley. They fall in love on this farm. And then he has to go to war? What does he do? He doesn't then he have has enough to go money overseas. to marry her. Oh, yeah. So Which he goes away for track. work. He's like, I don't have enough money to marry you. Bye. <laughs> yeah, so he leaves her. Guess I'll see you never. We're not sure Dice. what happens. And then she hears that he gets murdered. She gets engaged to the prince who wants to marry a commoner. But guess what? It's a fucking scheme because it's a long con for him to just fight the opposing country anyways she's on her daily ride she's like a princess now on her daily ride she gets kidnapped by a very small bald man Inigo Montoya and Andre the Giant which is coincidentally going to be our thruple costume of me Sarah and Michael guess who's gonna play who Um, I'm gonna be the small bald one definitely Vizzini yeah with a borderline speech impediment (laughs) which you have anyway exactly And then Michael will be Andre the Giant. And because I obviously will be Inigo Montoya, a fellow Libra. Yeah, because it's great to, you're the best one at reciting his lines. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and the great one at portraying anxiety yeah. constantly. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, the small ball, they get on a boat. She tries to escape. Some eels try to eat her. They catch her in the boat again. And then there's this guy following them on the boat. They climb up a cliff. The guy follows them. The giant short man and Buttercup run off while Inigo Montoya remains behind to fight this mysterious man in black who is a pirate, I think, um, at this point. So they fight. He wins. They're both great swordsmen. They kind of have like a bromance going on at this point. All right. Man in black pursues the giant. The giant and him fight. He beats the giant. And then he pursues the short bald man and ultimately Buttercup, the princess. Um, he gets into a drinking battle with... <laughs> that's not what it is. A drinking battle? It's not a drinking battle. No. They get into a challenge where basically the short bald man tries to con him into drinking some poison. And then he's like, well, they're, we're going to do it. We're going to drink the cup. Who, whatever. And he poisons the small bald man and he dies. Turns out he's not allergic to poison. He's built up a tolerance over the years because he's a pirate. He walks away with Buttercup. Ultimately, Buttercup realizes that it's Wesley, her farm boy. He's hurt that she's engaged. She's hurt that he was not dead, but now he's alive. <laughs> they go into a fire swamp to try and evade the prince because now they want to run away together because they're in love again. Boom, bam, baby. It's called romance. And they're in the fire swamp. This is my least favorite scene. There's quicksand. There's this big rat badger thing. It traumatized me as a child. Mm-hmm. Very much traumatized me. Too. me. I watched this movie as a six-year-old. That was the worst scene of my life. What I watched as a five to six-year-old? Titanic. I My f- mom loved it. Describe my face right now. <laughs> She's like, bitch, what? My nostrils became the size of my eyeballs. That is true. Her eyeballs became the size of small lines. (laughs) And yeah, no, and I was so traumatized by the, not traumatized, I'm being dramatic, but I was so traumatized by the scene where Cal, the mean man, he like shoots at um, the lovers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Rose and Jack, the lovers. Leo Um, and Kate. Yes. And he like chases them down into like the filling with water ship and shoots at them with a gun. Yeah. I was so upset by that. Yeah. I had to like, I, cu- I was like, I cannot watch this anymore. And I had to stop watching it. And to this day, 
still against gun violence. So yeah. it tracks. As you should be. Anyway, back to Princess Bride. Okay, so basically the prince kidnaps Wes. Uh, oh, they f- survived the fire swamp. The prince kidnaps Wes. Also, the princess goes back to the prince. Um, but only because he promises not to hurt Wesley, which is a lie. Yeah, because he's keeping Wesley, keeping Wesley in the dungeon, torturing him, and she's living her life thinking that Wes is gonna come find her, like damsel in distress type bitch ass. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, let's fast forward. Anigo Montoya comes back. He realizes that the prince's henchman is the six-fingered guy who killed his father. Drama. Uh, the giant comes back. They find Wes. Wes is almost dead. It's the day of their wedding. He's mostly dead. Mostly dead. He takes him to a very prosthetic-filled Billy Crystal. Billy Crystal works his magic. They scream a lot, and then they bring Wes back to life. Humpadink, 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 Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you know, you know. You know, you know. Um... Uh, Wes comes back alive. They try and sabotage the wedding. They run into the castle. They get in. They kidnap the or they tie up the prince. Um, oh, Anigo Montoya almost dies, but then he ultimately kills the man who killed his father. He gets his and, revenge. Yes, and then they all escape on white horses. Very dramatic. Run into the sunset, and they kiss, and that's the end. Love it. So, official synopsis. Yes. One of, actually, this is not official, but it's fine. It's one I found. Yes. Works. An elderly man, Mm -hmm. otherwise known as the grandpa, reads the book The Princess Bride to his sick and thus currently bedridden adolescent grandson, who is a little twat. The reading of the book, which has been passed down within, within the family for generations. The grandson is sure he won't like the story with a romance at its core, He's preferring something with lots of action and, quote, no kissing. But the grandson is powerless to stop his grandfather. He's really just, like, going on about the... This is annoying. I basically just remembered that Carrie Ellis... Ellis, whatever. He's, like, in the most recent season of Stranger Things in the most roundabout way. Yeah. He's basically, like, the mayor of Hawkins. Yeah, he's the mayor of uh, Hawkins, Indiana, in Stranger Things in season three, which is so crazy because this whole show is, like... I love the 80s. And then he's literally like yeah, the star of really one of funny. the most known 80s movie. The most known 80s movies. That's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Finish your synopsis. That's okay. The story centers on Buttercup, a former farm girl who has been chosen as the princess bride to Prince Humperdinck of Florian. Buttercup does not love him. She, who still laments the death of her one true love, Wesley, five years ago. Wesley was a hired hand on the farm. His stock answer of, as you wish, to any request she made of him, which she came to understand was his way of saying that he loved her. But Wesley went away to sea, only to be killed by the dread pirate Roberts. On a horse ride to clear her mind of her upcoming predicament of marriage, Buttercup is kidnapped by a band of bandits. (laughs) Vizzini, who works on his wits, and his two associates, associates, a giant named Fezzik, who works on his brawn, and a Spaniard named Enigo Montoya, who has trained himself his entire life to be an expert swordsman. They, in turn, are chased by the dread pirate Roberts himself, but chasing them all is the prince and his men led by Count Tyrone Rugen. What happens to these collectives is dependent partly on Buttercup, who does not want to marry the prince and may see other options as lesser evils, and partly on the other motives of individuals within the groups. But a larger question is what the grandson will think of the story. Mm, no, disagree. As it proceeds and it's at its end, especially as he sees justice as a high priority. Whoa, I didn't read that right at all, but also it wasn't <laughs> written right at all. So this synopsis sucks. Sarah's was better. 
Oh, thank you. I think I got the highlights, so whatever. Yeah, for sure. Also, Except like, we if didn't... you haven't seen The Princess Bride, you should fucking watch them. Yeah, that feels like your fault. Yeah, it's like Back to the Future for... It's been like 30 years. Yeah, we can't spoil a movie that's been out for thousands of centuries. <laughs> so this really feels like your fault. Thousands yeah. of centuries. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, don't shame from being the victim here. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm, I'm so stupid. It's okay. I understood what you were trying to say. <laughs> I feel like neither of us are really making sense tonight, but we're going for it. It's happening. I think it's because of the first one bottle of wine. Well, it's not like we had a bottle each. We didn't, but so I just feel like the first one really affected me. I feel like it didn't affect me at all. <laughs> it's because you're almost as tall as Mandy Patinkin, Twice apparently. Twice your size. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just a small little bald man uh, with a speech impediment. <laughs> I love the idea of you in like a semi-bald cap. Yeah. Just walking around going, hang hey, you! You want Unemployed? <laughs> in Greenland? You want me to leave you the way I found you? Unemployed? In Greenland? <laughs> I need to say something with an S. Um, hey, on the ship, sail on. No, like something he would say. Yeah, he said sail on. Oh. Eels? Oh. Eels! Eels infested water. In the eel infested water. Eel infested water. Infested waters. <laughs> it's like almost a speech impediment, but it's almost. not. There's a it's lot not of, as bad as mowage. There's a lot of strange speech impediments in this movie that don't really make sense. It's very British. Is it? Yeah, I feel like that's like the number one British like humor probably. is like having a random speech impediment. You know, you're probably correct. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably I, correct. Honestly, this whole movie to me is like if a British person wrote a movie for an American audience. And like everyone in the movie has a British accent. Yeah. Except for Andre the Giant, who has an indiscernible accent. And, he just talks uh, like that. Ine- Very slow tempo. And Inigo Montoya, who is obviously Mandy Patinkin as a Spaniard. Yeah. But so. Mandy's playing a Spaniard. It's an iconic role. It is. I can't believe I had no idea it was Mandy Patinkin. I can't believe that he was on the first, se- first three seasons of Criminal Minds. I mean, his great role, other than Inigo Montoya. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, What's also, he done in between there? You know, it, it, what you, you mean for the whole 90s and early 2000s? Yes. I have no, no clue. <laughs> <laughs> was he even acting? Unclear. Maybe he was just living off the royalties of The Princess Bride. He was probably doing incredibly well. Yeah. Listen, Rob Reiner's doing that. Now he just tweets angry tweets every day. I love that about Rob That's Reiner. what retirement is. You could just tweet angry things and live off your cash. My parents should really get a Twitter. Yeah, I bet they'd be hilarious. A shared Twitter. <laughs> I feel like Gail would just talk about her shows that she likes. They're too scared of, like, societal repercussions. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. My mom's like, I'm a teacher! Really? Yeah. And I'm that like, makes sense. It's really sad, though, because I'm like, you could have had a great career in comedy. Yeah, she could. She still can. <laughs> There's plenty of uh, older comedians, you know? Mm. Eh, I don't know. <laughs> Dana Carvey just no, came I mean, out with a whole... I mean, I don't know for my mom. Oh, sure. <laughs> anyway, favorite scene. Oh, 
great question. I'll tell you my least favorite scene. <laughs> uh, I know it, and it's also my least favorite scene. It's the fucking fire swamp scene where they go into the fucking fire. She falls into the lightning quicksand. They get out. It's horrible. I hate that scene, but right after is the worst thing ever. Basically, this badger slowly tries to eat him to death. Mm-hmm. And it's this horrible, like, puppet creature that is, like, almost human-like, and it crawls, and it's so gross, and it has weird teeth, and it's just, like, clearly a very old, moldy puppet, Mm -hmm. and I hate it. It's, like, it's clearly, like, a giant costume for a human, that a human is inside that just has, like, this floppy head, but it's just so disgusting that I feel like it traumatized a lot of children. Also, it's the idea of, like, a rabid animal slowly trying to eat you alive. That's And just basically being, like, a mound of disgusting flesh on top of you. Yep. You know, the, and teeth. And also, she does not help at all. I she know. just kind of watches him. Well, this movie really doesn't have a lot of, like, female Anything. depth. There's, yeah. like, two female characters. One of them has bangs. There's technically three. There's... The mom. Buttercup, the mom, and Valerie. No, and then there's also the queen. What queen? The queen who... all she, Her whole thing was that her and the king walk her to her... Um, honeymoon oh suite. yeah her and that's the, the fourth woman oh and also the woman who is like in her nightmare the old, old oh the woman. crone mm-hmm. Every, basically they make everyone disgusting every woman is disgusting in this movie except for buttercup yeah and her name's buttercup yeah so like this really says a lot about like whoever wrote this movie and their relationship with women you know honestly though wesley and buttercup would be really great on like bachelor in paradise <laughs> I would watch that. Right? They'd fall in love immediately with each other, and then they would end the season, and they'd be like, should we date? Should we continue off the island? It'd be like a first, the first couple who gets together on Love Island. Yeah. You know? And they yeah. make it through, like, all of Love Island, come out two months later, broken up. Yeah. Yeah. But in this case, we don't know. I think they end up together forever because it's medieval times and, and women happens. don't really have a choice. And it <laughs> as, seemed like they really loved each other. As is evident by the fact that uh, Humperdinck could just choose whoever he wanted to marry and they were fucking stuck like that. Yeah. That's rude. Yeah. Humperdinck is real just like um, what I imagine someone who like works on Wall Street is like present day. Definitely. You know, he mm. could just do whatever he wants. Trump like figure. And you know, he just kind of gets away Trump with it. Trump is dumber. Trump is way dumber. Also doesn't have as smooth a skin. Very or true. as nice as close. He's just genuinely ugly. You know, tell I'll tell you what about the bourgeoisie and royalty is that yeah, they were um taking advantage of the lower class and wildly taxing people for their own benefit and also saying that they, you know, deserved all this power because God willed it to, but they had a great wardrobe of velvet and just really wonderful pastels, silks. I love it. Love that. I want that to be my wardrobe. I, I listen, if we can make a velvet just a thing we all do, I would I mean it's a thing that I do. Well yeah, of course. But you know But I have a dramatic wardrobe. You do. <laughs> you would also just happen to have like a cape. Or Definitely. Something. I do have a cape actually. Oh, I talked about this today. Mm-hmm. I really want a cape. Yeah, I have a, a really good one. Coming up. I guess he is. Guess so. Our royal boy. <laughs> Haji is uh, really just all over us today, and I love it. Yeah, Haji is, mm, I don't know what your energy is. 
Needy, perhaps? Libra season. Yeah, I know. Needy-ass energy. I know. Answer my texts energy. Yeah. <laughs> Double text you all the time energy. That's honestly my energy all the time. Well, yeah, people who I, like, know well, I'll... Well, actually, no one. I've I double text anyone. I don't care. I'm a Same. Virgo. I don't. I have text no chill everyone. about anything. <laughs> Every single person. I'm like, could you prompt response, please? Yeah. I'm like, I need the response, and then I'll leave you on read. Or I'll try and like put two conversations in one. Yeah, you <laughs> do just, do that. I'll just bring up three different things. I all do at that once. as well. I like that about our conversations is that we're simultaneously having four conversations. Yeah, we'll talk about like what we're doing currently, what we plan to do, and mm-hmm. what we did today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Haji, anyway. are you and Nico Montoya? Prepare to die. Wouldn't it be cute if we gave him a tiny sword? I would love that. Um, he could hold it with a stupid paw. His stupid little foot. And he had to get laser surgery on. <laughs> laser therapy. Sorry. He had to wear <laughs> goggles for it. Yeah. Ridiculous. Mm. So um, Miley's favorite scene is also that. The badger scene. However, it is closely followed by a scene that comes quite quickly after it. Mm-hmm. And it is the scene where Wesley wakes up in the pit of despair. <laughs> which yeah. I love that name. Mm-hmm. Very accurate. That's what I would have called my dorm in college. The pit of despair. It's what I. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep going. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's when Wesley is in the pit of despair. He wakes up in the pit of despair, and the guy with the blonde hair and bangs, basically who has Sia's hair uh, from Chandelier era, um, except stringy and always wet. Uh, so it's more like Haley Williams from Paramore. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, Leslie wakes up, and that guy who is, I think, just referred to as the albino, which not ideal, right? Not great. But the albino is taking care of him, and he's taking this little like dirty washcloth, and he's just dabbing at the bloody mass that is Wesley's shoulder and you can just see his face which is like so clearly like white makeup caked on and then there's like a little fungus around his mouth oh the cold source it's not even cold source I think it's legitimately a fungus you're right I think it's like like a like mushrooms like I really don't know what to like describe the thought of that just disgusts me to my core like a fungus growing out of my body or someone else's body just absolutely makes me want to die and throw up at the same time die mid puke yeah um so when he's doing that and you can see the fungus and he's dabbing and it's just it's it's a scene that i find absolutely repulsive so (laughs) okay so i'm glad that we just got our least favorite scenes out of the way what's your favorite scene also hold on actually let's talk about this is this movie really a rom-com yeah it's a rom there's romance there's comedy there's it's a rom-com underscore drama underscore fantasy drama yes underscore period piece yeah it's it's an amalgamation of a lot of genres. Yeah, this is like Pride and Prejudice if you added, like, swords. I love that. Yeah. Always add swords. Yeah, and that's exactly what Pride and Prejudice needed. We would have loved Kira Knightley to fence. Yeah, I would say this was 
rom com underscore drum fantasy period piece. Bitch. Yes. Yeah. An all ages rom com. Yeah. It hit all the notes of what all people would like. Action. <laughs> beautiful white people. I mean, it doesn't include any sort of feminism. No. Which is li- mildly frustrating. No. But it is a uh, for an '80s movie. Yeah, it's of its time. Sorry, I bothered all of you. Yeah, it's just you know, it's a period piece in that it's an '80s movie. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's you gotta accurate. put it into historical context. But I do think it's rom-com. similar to Taming of the Shrew because <laughs> it has a. I mean, it's got a hell of a romance. Yes, and the comedy is great, and it has a hell of a bromance. It really does. They love and, each other. And Nico Montoya and Wes, I think... BFFs. There's a gay subplot there that I'm really willing there, to explore. I would put money on the fact that there is a Wesley Inigo gay pornography out there somewhere. Oh, of course. I would put money on that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I love that. You know, the other day I thought about looking up, like, period piece porn. Okay. I didn't. Okay. But I'll let you know if I do. Yeah. I just thought, you know, I was like, oh, that might be fun. I mean, it'd be interesting. Uh, I imagine it's something where, you know, maybe seven men, one woman, all wearing George Washington wigs. That's just not kind what of, I'm looking for. I'm thinking more of, like, like <laughs> Elizabethan, pretty dresses, okay. drama. Sure. Basically, I'm looking for, like, the other Boleyn girl, but more sex. Oh, okay. You should watch just 30 minutes of um, The Favorite. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> it's it probably what you're looking for. Perfect. Wow. Glad we covered this. <laughs> um, just a lot of lesbians wearing Elizabethan clothes. Love that. 100% what I want. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. So do you have a favorite scene? Do you have a favorite character? Uh, it's so hard to choose. I know. Because on the one hand, you know, I love an ego. Yeah. He really speaks to my soul. Yeah. With his flowing locks of hair. Yeah. I also love Valerie. Humpadink, humpadink, humpadink. I love that. I love her and I love Miracle Max. I love that scene. It's, you know how I, I feel about that Billy that Crystal. that is the best scene of the entire movie. Yes. Is Billy Crystal. And I can't get over the way that he says dead. He goes, mm-hmm. dead. Yeah. Tongue between teeth. He says, he's mostly dead. Mostly dead. The, you know? I love that. It's a lot. I love it. I want I want to play a character like that someday. With prosthetics? Full prosthetics. I would love that. Where I get to have a really ridiculous voice and be a ridiculous you, character. I could see you in like a Nanny McPhee type role. I would love that. Yeah. Just like but a harsh funnier. British, a harsh British nurse, nurse nanny. Nurse. Are there any harsh British nurses? I'm sure there are. Yeah, I'm just sure they're not great movies about them. Probably not. Yeah, they're all probably World War II films. Mm, but who would assume there'd be a good movie about a harsh British nanny? No one. So there we go. There you go. Mm. Um. I would say that my favorite character is, um, truly, I love Wes, you know? I, I love, know you do. I love Wesley. I, I love him. I think he's so cute. I think he's so great. And follow-up, 
Honestly, I think my favorite scene is when she pushes him down the hill and she's like, you can die. And then he says, <laughs> as, as you wish. And then she realizes it's Wesley and then she throws herself down the hill. <laughs> That's the kind I of drama do, I, I love. Yeah, I do love the drama of that scene. Yeah. But um, here, here's my thing with Leslie. Yeah. First of all, he's an adult blonde male. Yeah, I know how you feel about that. I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. Especially with a tiny mustache. I can't. His tiny mustache looks like a caterpillar crawled on his face, mm-hmm. withered a little, yeah. and then died. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't need an adult blonde male with a withering caterpillar on his face coming at me for some romance, okay? That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. What I want is the sexy man from falling in love yeah you know if he was wesley <laughs> yeah yeah if liam hemsworth was wesley yeah yeah i would be all over that wesley has that kind of boyish charm he, yeah i don't i'm not a fan yeah i'm not into his looks i mean he's super cute like yeah. objectively super cute yeah but it's not. It doesn't do it for me. It doesn't do it for I think old teen. I think in my mind, I've built Wesley up to be this like guy outside of the movie, outside of the world of the movie, <laughs> where he's just like, you know, he's this guy who's like, oh, I've worked all day, like, fucking with like our farm and shit. Like, I need to wipe off the sweat, and then bam, they have sex in a barn. You know, I love that. And that's like in my mind, I'm like, whoo, all right, well. <laughs> It's hot in here. <laughs> it's hot in Gildern or Florin, wherever we are. Rosencrantz and Gildenstern. Gildern. Sorry, now I'm. Hamlet. Now I'm just confused. Shakespeare? It's hot out here in Hamlet. <laughs> it's hot out here in Hamlet world. Um, yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, my other favorite scene, of course, is when Inigo Montoya and Wesley are sword fighting. Yes. Fantastic scene. Fun Great. fact. They did yeah. all their own stunts for that scene, except for when they both did the little flip off the random bar. Really? They couldn't do that? Well, actually, never mind. He, like, flips around once. Yeah, they do, like, gymnast moves. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But they did all their own scenes. Scenes. All, well, yeah, all their own scenes. They did all their own stunts for that scene. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the last scenes that they filmed. This is according to Gracie Dover. And shout out Gracie. Shout out to Gracie Dover for sending us a full voice memo of her thoughts on this movie. Yeah, she could have made a podcast. 17 minutes. I will. List, yeah, it's a lot. Um, That's as many minutes as the daily. <laughs> she could have made a daily episode. Really <laughs> so, um,. And that apparently came from Carrie's memoir called As You Wish, um, in which I think he basically confesses that he has unrequited love for Robin, Robin Wright. White? <gasps> wow. You know what does feel like vengeance to me? What? Feminist vengeance. Love Robin that. Wright is in this movie. She plays kind of like a powerless damsel mm-hmm. in distress. We could talk about this more in a second. I'm sure this will segue. But now she's in shit like House yes. of Cards where like she literally took over the whole show now yep. and um, fuck Kevin Spacey. But yeah. also she's like a fucking badass bitch where she's making all these like big political decisions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all her outfits she's are nobody's power outfits. bride now. Nobody's bride. Mm-mm. Nobody's princess mm. because she's everyone's queen. Damn, Damn straight. straight. Thank you. Love that. Yeah. I yeah. fully support you. I have nothing to add. <laughs> you said it all. Yeah. But we have touched on this, the movie, a little bit 
sexist. Super sexist. Yep. Um, pretty much only revolves around men. Yep. Um, women have very few lines. Yep. Even Buttercup, very few lines. Like, for a story about her and her love, she really doesn't get a lot of screen time. No. The <laughs> most screen trash. time she gets is when she's falling out of the castle into the arms of Andre the That's Giant. That's true. They take a very, very long look at her butt. A long look at, like, her gown just falling through the air very dramatically. Like, this is atonement. <laughs> I love <laughs> like, that. Why are you eating your candy? Let me tell you one quick thought I just had. Shockingly, for an 80s movie... I'm kind of surprised it didn't have its own custom song. What do you mean? Like, all 80s movies have, like, their own custom song. Like, Ghostbusters. And, like, The NeverEnding Story. And, like, uh, you know, all 80s movies. They all have custom songs at the end. And I was just surprised that this one didn't have one. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Also, I know this movie is, like, a cult classic. And a lot of people really love this movie. A lot of people it really resonates with. But also it's like weird that it kind of only lives in the minds of all these people. Like the minds and references. You know, there's like no Princess Bride memorabilia. There's no like Princess Bride stuffed animals. We don't think of Robin Wright as like, you know, a princess really. Like, That's very true. I didn't even realize for a very long time that it was Robin Wright. Yeah. yeah, I was just exactly. like, oh, the girl from the Princess Bride, but I did not make the connection to Claire on House of Cards. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I obviously didn't make the Mandy Patinkin connection. Me neither. <laughs> that blew my mind. It really was. That that one threw me. Yeah, and you know, dear listeners, I've seen probably 12 seasons of Criminal Minds <laughs> all within the past six months. Don't ask me why. I've been going through a lot recently. Um, but yeah, I was shook. And now it's fucking... Rossi. Detective David Rossi. SSA David Rossi. I have no idea what his real actor's name is. But it's also some, you know, vaguely Italian guy with dark hair and probably a lot of ear hair. <sighs> Criminal minds, we have a lot to discuss. Yeah. Are you shaving the ear hair of all these Italian men? <laughs> you know they are with a nose hair trimmer. Just of course they have to be. You can't be that clean cut without having ear hair trimmed off of you. <laughs> This is taking a turn. I'm sorry. Now I'm just thinking about if Mandy Patinkin has gotten Botox recently. I don't know. Probably. He had so many facial expressions back in the 80s. And now his skin is kind of smooth. Sorry I'm eating candy for our listeners. but It's okay. I would argue that Inigo Montoya, Mandy Patinkin, is hotter than Wesley in this movie. I definitely see your perspective on that. I think a lot of people will agree with you. Wesley's a little bitch boy. He kind of is. Yeah. And I don't like that about him. Yeah. But they're kind of a little bitch couple, to be honest. They are. They really fit each other. They do. What do we think she is? We said that he's a cancer. What? Well, <laughs> we don't really get to know her very well. Yeah. To be honest, it's sort of like um, she's pretty one note. She's like the most introverted Pisces on existence. Yeah. It's like, the thing about this movie, I think, is that everyone is one note. Yes. Like, but also it's a PG movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, they could have taken the 
love story and really developed those characters. Mm-hmm. Or they could have taken the other parts of the story and developed those characters. But instead they were like, oh, just use it all. And um, everyone became one note. We love every single one of those notes. And it works and it's a cult classic and it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes and that's huge. However, like it doesn't show anyone's range. Like you said at one point <laughs> you were laughing at the way... Uh, Wesley was walking when he had been mostly dead all day and yeah. then he was like coming back to life and it was really funny and you're like oh he's so good at acting and I thought to myself mm, haven't seen that <laughs> I'm like I've literally seen him say like as you wish and then just all Wesley Go all Wesley does the entire movie it's just he talks a little bit like this and then he talks a little bit like that and then he says this and he says things just very quickly and very polite thank you sir as you wish like a a small quiet butler he is like that but just who talks very fast and slightly sassy yeah you know the sass doesn't come until after he's become a pirate that's true it's pirate sass yeah um i think well here's why i thought he was a great actor i thought i you know what honestly here's why i think everyone in this movie is doing really great acting i don't think anyone's doing bad acting yeah. yeah, but I think everyone in this movie is doing really great acting for this very specific reason. You have to be... They are being so... Every movie in this... Every line in this movie, everyone believes it. Right? Everyone is so invested in this world and this character and what they are saying. And none of it is ironic or sarcastic or like... you know, Like everyone who's involved is like 100% like... Okay, this is what's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And, like, these are ridiculous scenarios. Everyone has ridiculous names. Everyone looks (laughs) fucking stupid. And they are so into it and invested in it. So you watch this movie and you really feel like you're part of this, like, whole world that they've built. And it's, like, it's not, like, you know, like Star Wars or Jurassic Park where it kind of takes a lot of building up. You You just get thrown into it and you're invested. And even though all these, like, really ridiculous things happen, you're still, like kind of on the edge of your seat thinking about like oh my god like these they're reacting like how i would react to this yeah you know so i don't know that's why i was like wow you know what this is really impressive yeah like the fact that because it's so stupid mostly dead all day yeah and then suddenly none of the limbs in his body work so he's literally being dragged down the hallway by (laughs) Andre the giant pretending that his legs do not move Uh pretending that his neck muscles do not work and like that to me I'm like wow you have to that's commitment it's it's definitely commitment and I am not saying that anyone is doing a bad job in this I think everyone's doing everyone's great um I just think that what was written the characters that were written were very one note and there was was nowhere else to go with them like yeah the actors did everything they could with that with what they had Mm-hmm. Which was not a lot. Yeah. TBF. So. But also, I think that adds to the humor. Right. It does. It yeah. does. It's partially like the style of comedy. It's kind of like a little bit Monty Python esque. You know? That's yeah. When I watch this movie, that's what I think of. But it's like, it's just weird because like I want more than that. Yeah. You know. But it is like from 1987. Yeah. And it's. Not it wasn't made as a rom com, you know. It was made as what genre was it? Like a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't a rom com. So we don't get the character development that we're looking for. Yeah. It's like 
its own genre. But it has this different like element that rom-coms also have where all, and I think it's because this movie feels really British to me, where every character has a line and every line is delivered perfectly. Mm-hmm. And they're all like, bam, 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 bam. Whereas you compare like other fantasy movies from the 80s, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, none of the dialogue is that way. None of the dialogue is written like, everyone's kind of on top of each other trying to battle like who has the best line in this conversation do you know what i mean because like kind jurassic of. I haven't park seen is a lot of those so oh well like i mean here here's what i'm trying to explain there's a very distinct difference between like writing for something that's more like a romantic comedy mm-hmm. and writing for something that's more fantasy and i think what makes this movie interesting is that it has the dialogue of a romantic comedy where it's kind of like everyone's trying to be a little snarky a little sarcastic everyone has like a little bit of a personality in that way and it's reflected in what they say as opposed to what they do yeah whereas like in an american fantasy like Jurassic Park or Back to the Future or like something like that it's all kind of like okay how would Americans react to this crazy situation it's more like behavior mm-hmm. so I don't know if that makes sense no, I I'm also it does. I just don't I just don't have the examples in my brain yeah no yeah I know what you mean but I, th- I think that's what made this movie more of a rom-com than people would think you know yeah yeah <laughs> I'm just saying yeah I'm like, yes, sure, I believe you. You said a lot of words, so yeah. Sorry. No, you're good. I'm just like, I can't, I literally just can't make that connection. Yeah. Because I just haven't seen those movies. Have you ever seen Jurassic Park? Uh uh. Really? I've seen Back to the Future, but a long time ago. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what happens. Yeah, you should watch Jurassic Park. It's great. Is it? Yeah. I think maybe I've seen like a portion of it. I feel like you should watch it. I don't know if it'll be, like, your taste. Probably but I think not. you should watch it for, the, like, the cultural reference. I mean, I feel like I get the references for the most part. People are just like, Jurassic Park, basic concept. There's this great feminist, like, subplot. and TBD. Yeah, it's great. Laura Dern, amazing. Mm, I, I know love you her. love Big Little Lies. I do love her. I'm going to be rich one day. I'm going to buy every school, every kid in this school a goddamn polar bear. <laughs> love that. Um, yeah, I love Laura Dern. I love Big Little Lies, really. Yeah. Uh, so, fun fact. When they were filming this movie, apparently one night, Andre the Giant got so wine drunk at, like, the hotel bar that he... Um, he like passed out in the hotel lobby like on the floor but he's so big and nobody could move him that they literally just roped him off with a red velvet rope like (laughs) and just left him there all night till he just got up and wandered away i love that i was like respond with your words sorry i was shaking my head (laughs) this is not a visual platform no and yet i'm shaking my head yes in agreement um yeah no i love that i love andre the giant Mm -hmm. and i love the fact that they put him into this movie yeah i love how everyone in this movie is like just so 80s in every possible way her skin is so good it kind of makes me upset yeah, how old was she when she when this came out? 
probably like, she's like in a her teen. 20s. Like, how yeah. dare you have clear skin as a teen? Yeah. F- first of all, who do you think you are? Rude. Second of all, Robin Wright, you fucking beautiful bitch. Yeah. With your gorgeous jawline. Oh, I also forget that she's Jenny and Forrest Gump. I've never seen Forrest Gump. Really? Yeah. Dang. My family was not into movies. Yeah, but like... Okay, so she was born in 1966. Really? 1966? She's only four years younger than my parents. She could be my mom. She's exactly as old as my mom. Wow. Yeah. So in 1987, she was 21. Wow. And she had clear skin like a fucking bitch. Well, I mean... I don't have clear skin. I don't have clear skin now. I don't either. I'm 25. I'm 23. And I work on it. But also, she was an actress. They, you know, had things like... I don't know, cocaine that they could do and they didn't understand the repercussions of it yet. I hope not. Original song? Storybook oh. Love by Willie DeVille. I guess this did have an original song. It just sucked. <laughs> it did. Um, we should talk about Vizzini. Oh, Vin- wait. Vin- is it Vincenzi or Vizzini? Vizzini. For some Wallace, reason in my head, there's a Z. His name is Wallace Shawn. He has played so many great roles. Yeah. He always has, like, a voice where he's just, like screaming but yeah. also not <laughs> he's great yeah i love him um he's 75 now really mm-hmm. oh my god he's been in everything he, and Harvard. Keeps, he keeps acting and it just makes me feel bad i'm like retire bitch go home go to bed oh guess what he was born on november 12th who well well sean Oh, He's a Scorpio. Scorpio. Interesting. interesting. This is interesting. In 1943. I can't believe Mandy Patinkin was in this movie. That's really <laughs> that blowing my like mind. The biggest part of this. Yeah, it's just so oh, weird. Oh, you know what else? That, okay, so we need to talk about the little boy in this movie. So the little oh, boy. First of all, I fucking hate him. He's yeah. the worst part of this movie for me. Like, I have always hated him. Growing yeah. up, when I watched the movie, I was just like, shut up. Let me get back to the story. He's obviously one of those, like, stupid, annoying kids in class who, like, doesn't read and, like, isn't into things that I'm into and would, like, yeah. make fun of me for wearing, like, uh, khaki capris with a sequined bow. Or not bow. Sequined butterfly on the kick boot. You know? He's one of them. And yet, He's, ten years later, I would have fucked him in college. I, <laughs> I don't have standards like you do. That's true. Yeah, I just feel like he's the type of kid who would have been my nemesis. Yeah. Growing up. For sure. Um, I see that. Yeah, I don't like him. Never did. So, uh, even watching it now, I was like, shut up. Go away. Yeah. Nobody wants your opinion. Ha- this is a kissing story, you stupid bitch. It was like 10 minutes of yeah. screen time for him and his grandfather. He was a piece of shit. So anyway, his name is Fred Savage. He's in Friends from College now, which is really interesting. I think he plays, does he play a gay man? On that show? I don't remember what he plays. I don't remember. I, don't, he's I haven't in really some seen that show. I've only seen the trailer. I feel like he's trying to have a baby. I know, Ke- not, um, Ke- no, uh, 
Key. Key and Peel. Love Key. him. Love him. Key is in that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't remember what his Michael name Keegan. is. Keegan. Yes. Key, Mike, Key, Michael, Keegan or something? Keegan, Michael, Key. Keegan, Michael. That's, you know, that's a lot of sounds. I know. Why wouldn't you just we, go with Keegan Key? No, because that sounds stupid. <laughs> I understand. All right. I was going to say, or Kiki, and then I was like, nope. <laughs> Kiki means pussy in Filipino. That is interesting. Yeah. The more you know. The more you know. Um, uh, yeah, he's in Friends with College. And friends, friends from College. <laughs> friends with College. Yeah, and yeah. his brother is Corey from Boy Meets World, a.k.a. Corey of Corey and Topanga. Yeah. Which is incredible. Right. Two child ben actors. Savage. Their parents probably hated them. I mean, their last name was Savage. They, they were Savage, putting them in the entertainment industry at that age. What if they're like, it's pronounced Savage. Savage. It's like that cologne that Johnny Depp came out with, like right after those allegations of him, like abusing his young wife came oh. out. And then Yikes. there was like a giant thing of it in Lennox Mall. Oh, well, it's talk like about being the wrong pirate. <laughs> he's, he's a bad pirate. Wesley is a good pirate. Yes. And I also really like the storyline that the Dread Pirates Robert, um, Robert's boat and like name is sort of passed on. It's really cute. It's like as soon as one pirate gets tired of his pirate life, he retires and he passes the name and the boat and the captainship on to someone else. And I love that. I love that at the end of the movie, Wesley passes on the Dread Pirate Robert's name and captainship onto Inigo Montoya. Which is really interesting, and I think it's interesting. That's the romance. It's interesting for a couple of reasons because I don't think they thought this through, but I think, and they might have. But my instinct is like they didn't really think this through. It was just like a thing that they did. But that is like a whole fresh start for him, right? Like his whole identity is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. You know, like, that is his entire identity growing. Like, he has been saying those words and been doing that for 20 years. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, it's like a whole fresh start. He gets a whole new name. He will never be called Inigo Montoya again yeah. until he retires, I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, to be honest, but... It's all good. Two things I love about that. One, pirates retiring. Right. What does that look like? Drinking rum in Patagonia? Pretty much. I love that. Eating pineapples on a chest of gold, just being around some fucking Latinas and just drinking your rum. That sounds wonderful. I love that idea. Second of all, I love the scene where Anigo murders the guy who murdered his father. I do love that. And he gives him the same two cuts on his cheek. Yeah, and the same little stabs. Uh-huh. I love that. Yeah, revenge I love- is sweet. Yeah, I think this movie was really detrimental to a lot of generation of kids in that it was just like, look how satisfying revenge is. <laughs> yeah, really uh, scarred us. Yeah, because now I'm obsessed with revenge. <laughs> Absolutely obsessed. All I think about is getting even with my enemies. Sarah, I'll get revenge on you one day. <laughs> Just you wait. You won't see it coming. <laughs> I think this is more prevalent to, like, um, 
the generation that's like just slightly older than us, like older millennials, mm-hmm. were like they're all just like revenge. Yeah. <laughs> and then now I'm just too tired to care about anything. Yeah. But I do love the idea of revenge. Who doesn't? It's very satisfying. It's really clearly. nice when you get to view an enemy as actually evil. Yeah. Because then you just feel justified in your revenge. Yeah. And in your hatred. Everyone in this movie is very distinctly good and evil, which is, you know, basically all PG Except movies. Except for Vizzini. You think he could be good? Well, I think he's a middle ground. He's not fully bad. He's not great. But I wouldn't call him evil. Well, he was the plot. He was the mastermind behind kidnapping the princess. I thought that that was the king, the prince guy. Oh, you're right. Yeah, he hired Vicini. Which is like pretty fucked up. To, to he the, his whole reason, the Humperdinck's whole thing. He was like, I'm gonna marry this bitch Buttercup, and then I'm gonna have her murdered, and then the people would be so mad that we'll start a war with this country. Because that was his whole thing. Was like he just wanted to go to war. Which is, like, messed up in a lot of ways. But, yeah. yeah. So Thanks, Dick Cheney of medieval times. <laughs> That's right. I watched Vice once, and I have a vague grasp of what happened during you know 9-11. What? Kiki Palmer doesn't know who he is. So, <laughs> I forgot about That's my video. favorite thing about her. I don't know who this man is. He could be walking down the street, and I wouldn't, wouldn't know a thing. I was like, honestly same <laughs> i love how honest that was she was so cute yeah it was great <laughs> i love those like random youtube series that like magazines are putting out yeah. where they're like we're gonna do weird shit to celebrities and see what happens it's great i, I live for that yeah um put, put robin right on one of those interviews make her take a lie detector test mm. her and carrie l's did you see that okay so basically i would love to see them get together did you see that um on twitter someone was saying like oh yeah they're remaking yeah the and Bride. it got fully shot down by the internet yeah and then even carrie l yeah. retweeted it and he was like it'd be a sh- there's a few perfect movies in the world and it'd be shame for like this one to be ruined mm. because it is one of the perfect movies in the world yeah that's mildly self-interest <laughs> Yeah. You know what? Honestly, if I was a famous actor living off, you know, collateral from a movie I did over 20 years ago, I'd, have, I'd tweet the same fucking shit. i tweet the same fucking shit over a documentary I made in college. Like, like I would. I would, too, yeah. to be fair. But I, I feel like it was mild self-interest. Yeah. But also... The Princess Bride, I feel like, would be a shitty remake. Remake. It'd be so because it's a, it's not really that good. Yeah, because the charm is like it's in the characters and the people and mm-hmm. like it's not and how original it's it not was. the story. You know, like mm-hmm. it's the the way everyone in that movie, all of the actors came together. Like it's, a, I think it's about the actors, to be honest. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think like the characters are so iconic. Yeah, for sure. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. Also, I think if they remade that movie, they would have put a lot of big names in it. And I think at the time, none of the people other than Andre the Giant and Billy Crystal, who was in full prosthetics, was really a big name. Yeah, Carrie Ells was not a big name. Robin White she was, was only twenty one. 
Yeah, like, like literally you said introducing Robin Wright. This was her like big break. Yeah, exactly. Mandy Patinkin didn't do anything before this, <laughs> but he did Criminal Minds after. He had a long career of CBS television and Homeland. <laughs> I love that about him. But um, a boy yeah. Mandy's on the TV. Yeah, but I think also you have to think about like these iconic roles. You know. They're in. They're with actors who are like, ori- like originating them. You know, like yeah. that's why we like movies like To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Uh-huh. It's because we've never seen Lana Condor before in a movie. Yeah. We've never seen Noah Centineo. Like that was kind of the same vibe going into this movie. It's like these people that were not big names, really originating the role, and then it became iconic because it was ultimately pretty well written and had a lot of great quotable dialogues. So and it was funny. Quotable. Yeah. It is literally so quotable. And it's really funny, and I think a lot of people... It's a, like a really universal humor. Yeah, that's true. It's easy. It's very... Yeah, it's accessible. It's one of those movies, it's easy, easily digestible. Mm-hmm. Nothing too difficult. Like, the strife isn't, like, actual, real life, this could happen to you strife. Yeah. You know? Like, obviously, Buttercup is you know, going to be murdered by her husband that she's yeah. being forced to marry. But that's, mm-hmm. you know, most likely not going to happen to you. It's yeah. possible. But yeah. it's not probably not going to happen. So, like, it's not stuff that makes you feel bad when you're watching it. Like, mm-hmm. the worst we felt was when the stupid swamp creatures come out. Oh, I hate those fucking things. Know, they're disgusting. What's, so you were traumatized by Titanic. I was also traumatized by Poltergeist. I watched that at a sixth grade sleep, or not sixth grade, six year old sleepover. Six years old? I was six years old when I watched it. It was in the first grade. I watched it at this other girl's house. She was having her like birthday party. It was a sleepover. And her mom was like, yeah, you guys can watch Poltergeist. And I'm like, what? That's insane. Scarred me. I did not see. While you were watching that, I was watching Leo draw Kate like one of his French girls. Yeah, and now I hate clowns. And I was very comfortable with the female form. (laughs) Men, on the other hand, still disgust me to this day. And gun violence. Gun violence. There's a lot of things that are very concerning. That's what I took away from Titanic. I was like, never put me on a boat. Never come at me with a gun and draw me naked. <laughs> Those were my takeaways. That should go on our sticker. <laughs> never put me on a boat. Never point at, come out with me with a gun and draw me naked. <sighs> I'm very quotable. Yeah, you should be the next Princess Bride. I am the Princess Bride, but I have free will. You're the pr- you're really the people's princess. I am the people's princess. I've said it before and I'll say it again. <laughs> it's you know that's your moniker at this it point. It is. It's, it's who I am. Let's get that embroidered on a jacket for Ooh. you. Oh my god, I need that. Yeah, my birthday is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, it's Libra season. I will embroider it myself. What are three things you want people to do for Libra season? I want people to hoe it up. That's one thing, but you said it in three words, so it counts. I want them to do it three different ways. (laughs) Hoe. I want them to hoe to the left, hoe to the right, and hoe all down the center. Okay. You know what? Acceptable. I'll take that. (laughs) Hoe it up. It's Libra season. It's time to hoe. Yeah. And that also means if you're a farmer, it's time to hoe them fields. 
Yeah, it's time to get into that autumnal harvest. Oh, yeah. I want, Let's get those pumpkins, baby. I want baby. people to get autumnal. I want the weather to get cold. I want it to get crispy. I want to relax. And I also yeah. want to hoe. Yeah. So sure. slide in my DMs. <laughs> but only if you're hot. Not an not adult a, blonde male. No. Uh, also, we don't fuck with Pisces, <laughs> j- Cancer, uh, or Taurus, or Capricorn men. Yeah. Uh, and when I say we, I mean you. You know what? I'm looking for like a, a Gemini who's not blonde. Okay. Brunette Geminis. Hey, hey everyone. You have a birthday maybe in June, I think. Yeah, it's June, because July is cancer. You have a birthday in June, and you're brunette, and you're a man, and maybe you're a feminist, and your Tinder bio doesn't have a fish you in it. You don't have a Tinder bio. <laughs> Let's just yeah. leave it at that. There we go. That's good. Not on Maybe Tinder. you're on OKCupid. <laughs> your favorite show is Gilmore Girls. No. I mean, I like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I like watching Gilmore Girls, in the fall but you wouldn't date a man whose favorite show is gilmore no Girls. because it's not good for women <laughs> i just like to watch it for the weather yeah like truly i watch it for the weather and when i'm in a coffee mood you know okay, I, I like to watch other people drink coffee so that it makes me want to drink coffee i you ever truly do, that? do not feel what you mean really? but sure no like, sometimes i, I, I want to watch tv i want to watch something that i like well i mean i it's fine yeah <laughs> I mean, I literally watch it for the weather. <laughs> That's so specific. I know. I do that, though. Yeah. With, I watch things for the vibe. You know yeah, this. Yeah, you, you do. I've been watching To All the Boys a lot recently because mm-hmm. it has a fall vibe. It does. And I like that. I love a plaid skirt I like a in fall around vibe. October, I love November. that she can wear long sleeves and a skirt and some long socks. That's the perfect weather. Like, that's, and I, I, and also the production design, incredible. Everything is beautiful. Her house has a beautiful island in the kitchen. Her house is beautifully designed. Yeah. Beautifully designed. Oh, man, I want a house. I'm going to watch that again tomorrow. Yeah, I don't blame you. I like what I like. I like to watch things for the vibe. I like to watch things for the weather. I understand. Because we don't. I rewatched Always Be My Maybe yesterday. Wonderful. Love that. It just gets better and better. It does. It actually really does. I rewatched that recently as well. Yeah. I love me some Ali Wong. Yeah, I also rewatched Sierra Burgess as a loser recently. That was good too. I haven't watched it for the first time. We're gonna, we'll yet. do it on the pod at some point. Eventually. We've just done so many Netflix films. I know. We really gotta expand. That's why we had to do the Princess Bride this week. It's an incredible movie. It's really Honestly, great. a crowd pleaser. It is. I love this movie. Even though I am, you know, taking it down a notch, mm-hmm. that's just my brand. Yeah. Yeah. But I do love it. I'll talk it up a notch. You, yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's the yeah. other way around this week. Yeah, it is. Which is shocking. I usually take things down. You take things up. <laughs> now I'm taking something up. I feel like taking something every down. movie, I'm like, I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and every movie, I'm like, sure. Yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, it had a, it had its its strong points. Yeah, but yeah. everyone I'm like loved it. Had a great time watching it. <laughs> yeah, I just True. like to enjoy myself. I like to relax, and I love love. I understand all of that. I also love love, love to relax. Um, I just hate fucking badgers, man. I hate them. Yeah, those those things aren't they're not great. But I do love '80s things. I love '80s movies. I love '90s movies. Yeah. 
after the 2000s, I like those movies just, as well. I just but don't know if I can, I can put my likes into categories like this. You're right. You're so right. There's, like, a distinct brand of what you like, like, a distinct, like, vibe. Mm-hmm. But I could not, like, put adjectives towards Neither it. Neither could I. I just know. Pleasant. I know what you like. <laughs> yeah. You like things. Not a lot of conflict. No. Um, beta male. Yes. Um, feminist undertones. Obviously. And, um... Uh, maybe some diversity. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That is, that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Plus, it has to be pleasant. Yeah. Pleasant, and pretty. not problematic. Pleasant, not problem. <laughs> I can't say it. Not problematic. Not, pleasant, pretty, and not, pro- not problematic. Boom. Pleasant, pretty, and not problematic. That was a great take. Thank you. <laughs> I knew I could get there. It was going to happen eventually. Yeah. When asked what his favorite thing about making this film was, Andre the Giant said, without skipping a beat, nobody looks at me. He felt treated as an equal without people staring at him because of his grand height. Oh my god, I thought he meant no one, like, pays attention to him at all. And I was like, that does not feel like a good thing. Yeah, well, apparently he loved it. No, he loves being treated normally. Oh. Um, when Count Ruyen hits Wesley over the head, Carrie Ellis told Christopher Guest to go ahead and hit him on the head for real. Uh, Guest hit him hard enough to shut down production for a day when Ellis went to the hospital. Idiot. That's men being stupid. Yeah. I feel like Carrie Ellis is, is an alpha male. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was playing a beta. Oh my god, this is the best um during the filming of some scenes the weather became markedly cold for robin wright andre the giant helped her by placing one of his hands over her head his hand was so large that one would cover the top of her head keeping her warm i love that i need an andre the giant god everyone needs a friend like andre the giant he was a very kind man in this movie i love him uh, Mandy Patinkin has said that the Earl of Inigo Montoya is the personal favorite over the course of his entire career. Well, duh. Uh, as opposed to three seasons of Gideon <laughs> on Criminal Minds, Mandy Patinkin. Gideon's rude. a little bitch sometimes, so. <laughs> um, Robin Wright and Carrie Ellis were smitten with mm-hmm. each other during filming, naturally helping their chemistry in the movie. They did have they really did. great chemistry. Um, Ellis said that he couldn't concentrate on much of anything after the first encounter with Robin. I saw that one. That's cute. Uh-huh. I love like a romantic comedy where they like they kind of love, love each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love things like that. Not a lot, and usually they always fail. Yeah. But you know, I still love it. I love like a little romance. A um, little real life romance. I love Who doesn't? Um, according to author William Goldman, when he was trying to get the movie made in the 1970s, the then-unknown Arnold Schwarzenegger wanted to play Fezzik, and he was strongly being considered because Goldman could never get his first choice, Andre the Giant, to read for a role. By the time the movie was made, about 12 years later, Schwarzenegger was such a big star they couldn't afford him. Andre was cast, after all, and the two big men had gone on to become friends. Love that. So the author is apparently really big. Um... In a 2012 interview in New York Magazine, Mandy Patinkin said that his most famous line in The Princess Bride, 1987, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya, Duh. who killed my father, prepare to, prepare to die, gets quoted back to him at least two or, by two or three strangers every day of his life. Not surprised wow. though. Patinkin told the interviewer that he loves hearing the line and he also loves the general fact that he got to be in the movie, stating, I'm frankly thrilled about it. I can't believe that I got it to be in The Wizard of Oz, you know what I mean? Oh, like how, like, famous it is. Okay. 